Hello everyone, welcome back to First Gen Friends. I took a little break because I was away on vacation for a bit, but I am back and I'm so excited for this week's podcast episode because I sit down with my friend Svetlana, who actually immigrated from the Ukraine in 1992 with her family. We're talking about a lot. (laughs) We talk about her experience growing up in Brooklyn when they first migrated over here and what it was like to go from a community she felt very comfortable in to then moving to New Jersey where she felt like a fish out of water. We also tap into risk-taking or lack thereof and how our immigrant parents scared the hell out of us to take risks or to try anything new that could put us on the wrong path, which I feel like a lot of us first-gen could relate to that. Anyway, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. This is Fet. I was born actually as well in like what was the Soviet Union um, and is now Kiev, Ukraine. So really crazy that that's where I was born. Um, Yeah, so born there. um, So my parents' story like so it was like always bad to be, I mean, it wasn't great to live there, um, but it was like particularly bad to be Jewish there. Um, so we were only able to like come here because we were Jews, um, because Ukraine was always like, not just Ukraine, but like the whole Soviet Union, they were really anti-Semitic. Um, I don't like, you know, I'm not like the best historian of that, but you know, there's always someone you have to hate. And if there's like all white people that it's like, well, I'm just going to hate you for a different religion or I'm going to hate you just like anyone who's different. So they were like persecuted and um, they, once the Soviet Union fell apart, it became like really bad to live in Ukraine for those first, you know, few years when it was like becoming a new country. Um, My parents are like not risk takers. So I just can't, it had to have been like so bad that it was like, hard to get food or just like the writing had to be like on the wall very clearly for my parents to have left. Um, and they were going to go to Israel, but they preferred to go to the U.S. Was it just it was, your parents or did you have siblings? Like how did they manage to pick up and go? Yeah, it was. So my grandma's sister was already here for like a year or so. Um, and then it was on the plane. It was me, my mom, my dad. Um, I was three. It was my grandma like my mom's mom my mom's sister and my mom's sister's husband so yeah so then where did you grow up did you grow up in the city so we first we moved to brooklyn to like where like i don't know if you've been to like the russian part of brooklyn but it's like chinatown for russian people um and is it greenpoint no no that's polish that's like pole little poland um this is like around Brighton Beach and like we, we didn't grow, I didn't grow up there but like you know I was in Ocean Parkway I mean in my first few years of school when I went to school there I was like Svetlana A because there was more than one Svetlana in my class so like it was it was like that but like I would write Svetlana A for a long time because there was a Svetlana K I, I don't know where she went now but um yeah years back um but but mostly I grew up in New Jersey because my parents had moved when I was like so like from three to eight, I lived in Brooklyn and then we moved to New Jersey. So I grew up there. Was there a language barrier for you when you were younger? Because I know you came when you were three. So I'm sure you were just surrounded by Russian speakers. Yeah, like I didn't know any English coming into. I think that's why I'm so bad at gym, honestly, because I like physical exercise. Because like my first two or three, 
years I was at ESL instead of gym. And then like <laughs> you're blaming your yes. athleticism. Yes. On Seriously, you know, I learned English, but that's it. I, I missed that small gap. I learned English, um, but I never learned how to exercise. I never learned exercise. And I don't know what would be more useful, but um oh, wow. yeah, it was an ESL. When you were in ESL, were the other kids around you, like what language were they, speak, were they speaking? I'm, I'm curious. Because when I was younger, I thought ESL was only for Spanish-speaking kids. I never thought like, oh, someone That's else. That's really funny. Speak, you know? <laughs> That's how stupid I was as a kid. <laughs> no, I mean, um, there was, it was probably like Spanish and Russian, honestly. I, I don't remember, maybe like Arabic as well. Um, Interesting. But the teacher was actually Russian. So that's how like ingrained we were. Thank God, because I was like the first day we had a fire drill, which is very weird for elementary school. And I knew the word fire. So I started like crying and I was like, oh my God, you know, so thank God that she was there to help me. Um, but yeah, she was Russian. To be like, this is just a drill, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To be like, oh, it's okay. It's just like, I don't even know how you say drill or how you explain that to like a five-year-old, but. Yeah. And what was the community like for you then? So when you moved here to Brooklyn, it was Russian. So you kind of felt that you belonged. Was it, did that change when you moved to Jersey? Yeah. Like, so yeah, I didn't think anything of it. Like, like my elementary school was like a public, you know, elementary school in Brooklyn. It was like very diverse. Like there was like a bunch of Russian people. There was a bunch of like Spanish speaking people, but like a bunch of like everything, you know? Yeah. Um, and most people were immigrants, so it was like, or a lot of them were, so it was nice. But then I moved to like a very white town, um, which is like weird because like I'm white by appearance, but I never feel white because it's like I, I you know, I'm not like a generational American. Um, but yeah, I was the only Russian-speaking person in my school. Um, I was like the only person whose name wasn't like Bob or Tom or something, you know, like <laughs> whatever people's names are, but. Yeah, it was, it was a big change. Like, I I don't remember. I had, like, two friends. One one person I'm still friends with. Um, but no one Russian until, like, fifth grade. And this girl, like, her parents moved to Wayne as well. And I would, like, call them every day, apparently. I don't remember this. I'd be like, when are you moving? When are you moving? Because I was just so excited that, like, there would be someone else that's, like, Russian that, you know, you feel like a bond. You're like... This person has the same weird parents that I do. Like we this person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like my parents, I they weren't making me like, I don't know, like whatever Pop Tarts, whatever people have. Like they were <laughs> I don't PB know. And J. Yeah, PB and J. Sandwich. Exactly. And what was the other sandwich? A ham sandwich. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've never had yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I never had that stuff until I like went to college. You know, like my parents would they tried, but you know, like when you have kids' birthdays. They would invite people over. I was like embarrassed. My parents didn't speak English well. And like they didn't, you know, they weren't friends with any of the other parents. My parents like only had one pair of friends ever that wasn't Russian speaking. So it was like, I don't know. It was nice to have someone that could relate. Yeah. I'm actually curious about what you said before where you don't consider yourself white because of your culture. Did you feel that other people made you feel that way in school? Yeah, like, you know, I was trying to think about it, and I feel like my parents, there was, like, all these, like, unwritten rules 
of like society and like middle school and stuff that like everyone seemed to have a guy to except for me you know like me and like a few others and it was like my parents also didn't have this guy you know the cultural gap was big but like you know everyone would go to school and like ever call me and limited to and like you know my parents did well for themselves at a point but it's also different no matter how well you do as like an immigrant you never feel like financially safe right you don't have like parents to fall back on you don't have that like freedom to buy like $60 jeans however much they were at Abercrombie back then um yeah my whole life was hand-me-downs yeah exactly or like Marshalls or like that that was like the like my parents like I understand them now you know but yeah. like back then um so I feel like I would wear these like bright colored like red pants that were like really tight and like most Americans wouldn't send their kids to school in that but like my parents thought that was like fine like okay like it's cheap but you could wear this. They're like these bright zebra red pants that are like super tight. And yeah, I definitely got made fun of for stuff like that. Um, so the fashion sense, that's where you, you uh, stuck out like a, th a sore thumb. I also feel like the town I grew up in, like there's a lot of like, or it felt like there was a generational like, oh, like our parents are friends and they both moved to this town. And like my, my mom grew up here and like, oh my God, she had the same teacher as me. And it was like, yeah. You just, it, it was like hard to, people had like these close knit circles from when they were in like kindergarten and their parents are friends. And like, I was just like out here on my own, you know, or like with my few friends Yeah. of like immigrant parents mostly in the beginning yeah. at least. I felt like everyone was like my cousin, but it's just cause like their parents went to college together and, or they had friends from like dance and soccer. And I wasn't part of those extracurricular activities. So I didn't have that layer of my parents being friends with other kids parents so you kind of feel left out in that sense as well yeah exactly or like I went to dance I remember one year but like my mom wasn't like sitting there making friends you know she again to this day they only had one couple ever that wasn't Russian speaking it's like and I get it because like I don't want to speak Russian in my free time I want to speak English because it's like it's hard work to speak Russian and like I don't have any friends that only speak Russian you know and it would yeah. be like the same thing. Yeah, it definitely felt like different and out of place. Were your parents strict growing up? Um, about like some things. They were like really strict about grades. Um mm. and like driving, maybe because I'm a bad driver though. So <laughs> that could have been it. And that could um but about other things, they were pretty like like they worked in the city, so like they would come home late and like I would have like a few hours a day to myself at least. So Oh, wow. So you were a latchkey kid. Do you know what that Kind means? of. Is that where they, like, just, like, give you the key? <laughs> or what does yeah, that Yeah, you're mean? kind of, like, let yourself in, make yourself a snack. You're, like, a kid alone at home, basically. Just, like, because your parents are working. Because, like, what else are you going to do? Uh, like, kind of, like, so my sister is 11 years younger than me. So she was born when I was in fifth grade. And, okay. like, so she always had a babysitter. So, like, there was always someone there. Okay. But, like, it was... a Bit in between like my parents weren't around but i had someone yeah. to watch me my mom being like don't answer the door for everyone like if the if the landline rings like don't answer it <laughs> and i'd be so scared because i felt like someone was gonna come kidnap me yeah no they they definitely would like leave me with my sister like way before like you know, it was just like they didn't have someone else to watch me. So they would like leave with my sister. I was like 12 and she was one. They're like, okay, like you could do this, you could do this. Or like before she was born, you know, I'd be home alone.
yeah they, they had to be more flexible but the rules about being home alone for sure because it's like yeah. what are you gonna do right you have to work and like they couldn't afford a nanny you know it's like paying someone 20 bucks for the day i mean back then i don't know how much it was but i'm sure it was still not cheap for them yeah like until they had to with my sister who was like you know but not for me yeah did your parents you said your parents were super strict about like school and everything were they also strict about you going to college and like your career and what you were doing like how was that for you yeah honestly like my parents came here and they like they achieved like a lot for like especially for i mean for anyone and i feel like there was always a lot of pressure of like well if we can do this and we came here in our 30s like you should be able to like you know, it felt like to me, they were like, well, you should be able to like be president or you should be doing a lot better than we're doing. And if you're doing as good as we're doing, it's like, well, it's not a big deal because we did it and we had a lot harder time than you, you know? So it was always like that kind of pressure. They were very strict about like, like um, I was telling someone recently that I got a B plus in like reading in fifth grade. And my mom went to the teacher and was like, what should I do about this? And the teacher was probably like, I don't know, like, leave me alone. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, like, my mom was like, they were, they were strict. They, lots wow. of pressure. You have a successful career. You've done a lot. Do you attribute that to your parents being strict? Or is that just something that you feel like was internalized because of all the pressure? Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel like because I had so much pressure, I don't think I have like as much internal ambition as like the pressure of like, like, I feel like I kind of woke up in my thirties and was like, like yeah, today and I was like, oh, like, what do I actually want to do with my life? I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, what, what do I want? Um, Cause like, you don't really get, I mean, I don't know if you have the same feeling, but there wasn't like, oh, happy. Like you should, you should do what makes you happy and like study something that you enjoy. Like, you know, that's, I mean, my sister's studying like accounting and like she doesn't, you know, it's like, there's no like happy, like you just go to work to make money. It's, it's very much the concept that my parents have always operated under. And like, you know, I, I am pretty happy uh, with like my career and whatnot, but a lot of it was definitely like, you have to make money. You have to make a lot of money. You have to be financially secure. It wasn't like, oh, like, I love this. Like, let me, you know, I look at like, I'm I'm a bad writer, but it would be like so cool to be a journalist. And it's like, well, I couldn't study like writing because you don't make money from writing. And like it's not a guarantee. And like so yeah, definitely pressure. That's such a common theme in first generation stories, especially recently, like as I'm doing this podcast, a lot of the conversations we have is like, yeah, our parents struggled to get here they wanted to push us to succeed to be climbing that corporate ladder and like making as much money as possible and there was no room for like creativeness or dreams or becoming a baseball player or an actor or anything like that because it's like we're not risking all this for you to go and mess around right or a lot of these kids today who do become actors and like they have parents who will support them financially to go reach their dreams. And like, if it doesn't work, then they take another path. And it's like, yeah, we'll help you fund your life. But we as first generation, or even just like people who don't have money, don't have access to that. Yeah. 
you know, like I remember I wanted to work on like political campaigns, which like, you don't make any money. And like my parents, like they're, they're not dream killers in like a mean way, but it was like, like if there's a small percentage chance that you can make it, they're like, it's not worth it. This isn't a good idea. You won't be the one that makes it. Like, not like they don't believe in me, which they don't, I guess, but we're like, well, what if you don't make it? What will you do? Like, they're, yeah. well, you said it before, they're not risk takers unless it's no. like their backs against the wall. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, people left the Soviet Union in, um, you know, like the early 80s, I think. And like my parents could have maybe left then. Um, I mean, they were a bit younger, but like there was other opportunities to leave. And I think like maybe other immigrants, they like risk it all. And they're like, you know, my parents did take lots of risks. They definitely came here like had no plans and like, you know, they didn't have anything to fall back on and like had to really figure it out. But at the same time, like they weren't like trailblazers, if that makes sense. It was like, this this has to happen. Like we, we need to get out of here. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It was like all or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like, you just, it got to a point where it was like, you you gotta get out. Like, you should probably got it out before. What did they end up? What did they end up doing when they did come here? Were they business owners? No, so they got like a bit lucky with timing. So I don't know. Um, a lot of like people from ex-Soviet countries that came here and when they did became computer programmers. Um, because like oh wow okay yeah like in the early nineties. So my parents came in ninety two, and then they they had never known what like a computer was, but like are. Yeah, so they, I think it was just the, like, trend, like, everyone started to learn computers. There was, like, a huge shortage of programmers in the U.S., so it was, like, a lot easier to get a job, and I think that was, like, and, and even now, you know, people drop out of college, and they become, like, software engineers, because you just need the skills. You don't need, like, the degrees. You don't need all that, so uh, they got kind of lucky with that. Oh, that's really cool, which is probably why they were like, hey, if we could do this, we got lucky, but you could do anything. <laughs> right, right. President. Right, exactly. Before you mentioned that you wanted to get into journalism, was that your American dream when you were younger? Or what was your American dream as like little girl in America? And like, what is out there, you know? I think like journalism was like a new thing. I was like, oh, I wish I could like learn this like writing, but I wanted to work in politics. Like I always wanted to like run a campaign or, um, you know, work in like someone's office like that. But, you know, the risk reward of like making money in that field is pretty low. Um, and, you know, my parents were, my, another thing my parents actually always talked about was like, you need connections for that. Like you can't succeed in politics if you don't have connections. I don't know if that's true. I'm sure it helps, but like, they were always like very aware of the fact that they had no one here. Like they were like, you have to like do something with your, like you can't rely on anyone else. Like you need to like do like a hard skill, like an accounting or like a pharmacist. They really wanted me to be a pharmacist because it was like, that's a hard skill. You don't need to have like a network to like do well in that kind of thing. So they really like relied on that. Um, and they always like, we're like, you don't know anyone, like you don't have a network, like we don't, we don't know anyone, you know? How did you end up coming back to New York City? Did you always want to be in the city? Like, why didn't you move somewhere else, you think? Um, I considered moving to Austin at one point, 
honestly. Like, I didn't really, like, have a direction of, like, I feel like because there's always been so much pressure and, like, you must do this and, like, here are all the sacrifices we made. I never, like, thought that much for myself, you know? You kind of just, like, you're like, all right, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know? Like, um, at one point, I tried to move to Austin. My mom was like, well, we're not going to visit you there. I'm like, you're going to spend all your vacation time coming here. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm not moving. It was just, like, it would be too big a risk. Yeah, I'm also not a risk taker, like. And I just honestly moved to the city because I had a job there and like uh, some friends I knew were moving in and the timing worked out. So I was like, all right, this is probably easier to get to work if I live in the city. Uh, but it wasn't like a dream of mine or anything. Why Austin? Um, I think I just like wanted, it was like when it started to become cool to live in Austin, like it was like probably like 10 years ago now or more, you know, it was probably already not cool at that point, but I thought it was like, <laughs> this would be interesting, this would be something new. Um, but honestly, like, definitely I was raised to like not take risks. It was like, well, what if it didn't work? You know, like what if you're lonely there and you don't know anyone and you have to start over and it's like, yeah. But Which is yeah, it was so just so crazy. Cause like they came to a different country not knowing how anyone. to speak English or anyone or have a, like, that's just, so interesting that they almost wanted to protect you from what they had to go through yeah i think there's definitely some of that like there's definitely like oh like we paved the way for you you know my parents actually wanted me to be like a software engineer a lot they would be like oh like we have connections in this like we kind of we paved the way for you in this like we already did this work but like yeah they always wanted to like you know my, my parents said on my birthday this year my dad said like they made a toast, which like Russian people always make toasts. And um, they said to me, they were like, we tried to make your life perfect. And there was like very much that essence of like, they don't want me to suffer at all. You know, it's like that, what you said is like spot on. It's like protecting me, like not wanting me to go through any hardships, yeah. which is, you know, it's nice, but sometimes it would be nice to like fail and like learn for myself. And it's funny because we're both, you know, similar backgrounds where our parents came here with nothing. And then we had, I'm more of like the risk taker, I think. And anything, I'm like, I'm just going to see if this works. If it doesn't, I'll figure it out. Yeah, I've never had that thought in my life. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> if it doesn't, like the world will end. And like, the, this will I'll be the end. I'll never forever. Yep. I, I have that well, thought all the time. That's so funny. My my therapist recently, because I was telling her, I was like, I wish that I had like learned an instrument or like pursued acting or singing. Cause like those are the my dreams as a little kid, right? And like I couldn't do them because like you, my parents are like, we're not paying for this. And she was like, Well, why don't you just take a singing class or an acting class? Like just start somewhere. You know, she's like, take a piano lesson. Like, what's stopping you? And I'm like, you're so right. Like these things that seem so out of reach, they're not, not going to happen overnight. You know, she's like, what's five years of learning the piano going to do, right? Like you're going to learn how to play the piano. And it was a journey that you were on. And I'm like, that's so true. I'm like, what, you know, because I think we're in this mindset in this world of like instant gratification, instant success. It has to happen overnight because we see people have overnight success, but that's not the reality of it. So it kind of discourages us to go for anything that 
you might want. Well, it's funny because you said the piano thing. I remember like I convinced my parents to get me piano lessons and it was like some Russian lady that came to my house. And um, I think I did it for like a month and like I played something and my dad was like, oh, well, like you're not going to be Bach. Like that's like their reaction to everything. It's like, well, I don't need to be Bach. Like I could just be like good at piano or like I could enjoy this. And like, they just like. Oh, it's only been a month. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like, but like they, right. Like I remember I would like take tennis lessons and I, I would quit everything because my dad would always be like, you know, so actually last summer or, or two summers ago, I was like, I'm going to take tennis lessons and it would like play with my dad a bit. And he was like, I don't understand why you're wasting your time on this. You're already in your thirties. You're never going to get good at this. And it was like, well, dad, when did you start? He's like, I started my thirties, but it was like, like he just, but he's finished, just, like, I don't know how he is, but that's like 20 years ago. It's like, right, right. Somewhere. Right. Like, but they just have that mentality of like, it has to be like guaranteed reward almost for you to do it. You know, this isn't productive. This isn't a guaranteed reward. It's like, why even try? It could be something that is like your passion, right? Right. I think you should totally start something here on the First Gen Friends podcast. You heard it first. <laughs> You're going to start something new. Yeah. And just stick to it, you know? That's why I love that you're doing this. Like, it's such a, like, you're just, like, putting yourself out there. It's uncomfortable for me to put myself out there, honestly. It's, like, I feel like my therapist was, like, I realized that, like, some people just, like, fail and they don't take it, like, personally. It's like, oh, whatever, I just failed. But, like, if I fail, I'm, like, oh, my God, I suck. Like, so. I think it just takes a lot of things failing to realize like oh that was just a little blimp in my life that wasn't that significant like it didn't kill me is the way I see it like it's not going to kill you to try something and fail you just move on right yeah Um, but a lot of people I think are like you where it's like unless I know I'm getting a reward and unless I know I'm going to be successful I'm not going to even try yeah Um, that's great yeah just like try things and then move on if you don't like them you don't have to like everything you try that's why I'm, I'm like curious now the way your parents are with you do you feel like you'll be like that with your kids one day like what will you do differently yeah I mean like so like I like generational wealth is like a big thing right and like my parents are by no means like wealthy but if I lost my job and couldn't afford my apartment, I had somewhere else to live, you know, like just having that peace of mind is like huge. And like my parents never had that, you know? So like, I have a bit more, I I don't have like as much of like a scarcity mindset. Like my parents like will, you know, still like they're very conscious of money. They're very like, like even like things that they should have like maybe outgrown a little bit, they still like have it. Like everything is like, but they, they just, they never had like a safety net, you know, they never had like parents that yeah. could like, that literally they just, my that they could the live with. Way. Yeah. It's it's like, my mom's the same exact way. Not having that like security of like, yeah. like, okay. Like I don't really have like a security of like people that have been here for a lot longer generations, yeah. but at least we have like a place to live if we need it, you know, like just mm-hmm. having that is like so different. I, so I don't think I can like even relate to my parents on like, just like living that scarcely like I you know I don't think twice when I'm like oh I want a new pair of pants I'm like okay like I could afford a new pair of pants it's yeah like, we buy them yeah right you just buy them and it's like my parents still aren't like that and um yeah I don't 
things that like I just like don't have that like life experience to even like impart that on my kids you know um and like hopefully they'll have like an even more of a buffer if they fail so like it'll be a lot more a lot safer for them that's kind of what like you get by like building that like you know generational wealth and like that like passing on is just like a buffer for like the next generation to fail like you know i mean it's kind of similar like even people that aren't first gen if they're like really poor if they fail like they don't have a backup plan for this like my mom would always tell me she still tells me like you know her first two jobs they were like learning english and programming at the same time and like they're like it's so different like my parents even if like they made good money or didn't make good money it was more like they never could have these like bonds with like a random person on the street. Like I could talk to you about like a TV show we watched. Like I, we speak the same language, you know, my parents, like the first many years of their career, they were like watching like Russian shows. It took them time to like assimilate to the culture. And it's like, even if they were working with people, it's like, they don't have a network as much as I do because they don't have as much of like, you know, you and I, like we both grew up watching like Nickelodeon, like Rugrats. So yeah. like we have like this common thing that my parents didn't have with anyone they were working with, you know? So yeah. it was like, there was no way to like really build a network. What advice would you give your younger self knowing everything you know today? I think like the risk thing is a big one actually. Like, like I think a lot of us are like risk averse because like we're kind of, it's forced on us from childhood of like, you need to do this, you need to do this. Like you must make a lot of money, you must do this. And it's like, yeah, like we, we kind of live in this in-between world, right? Where like you're, have these parents that are like, don't take risks, make a lot of money. And then you have like American parents where they're like, oh my God, go pursue like, well, like whatever shopping. I don't know what they give advice, but it's like very different than the <laughs> advice that we get, right? Um, like, I remember people would tell their kids, like, oh, do something you love. Like, I've never, that was not the advice I got. But, like, it's okay to, like, sit somewhere in the middle, you know? Like, I wish that, that, that would be my one thing is, like, you're not, like, you can take risks. Because, like, fortunately, you have, like, your parents that are, like, here. They have a place for you to live. They, like, like you can take risks. Like, you can like, how do you blend the two worlds of like no risk at all and like way too much risk maybe, you know, like maybe it's not a good idea to take on like $300,000 loans and make like 20,000 a year. But like, how do you blend that, those two risk profiles and like, you know, live somewhere in between. I think that that would be like my biggest advice to myself or people like in my situation.